Welcome everyone to our Late to the Party rewatch of Neon Genesis Evangelion, the seminal teenagers versus giant monsters, maybe, anime of the late 20th century. I'm Frank, and together with Russell, James, Al, and Michelle, we're walking you through the show as it finally receives wide distribution on Netflix. Oh my god, what have you people done to me? We're what in it now, done? Frank. We're, we're doing episodes 18 to 23 in this this podcast. This is where a lot of the fun and games kind of stop. Fun? Oh, okay. I was going to smack it. <laughs> so can, can I say a blanket statement going into this? When I watched this, I was obviously a lot younger. I don't think I really... Not that I didn't know people, but I guess I wasn't aware of trauma kind of <laughs> at the level I am now. No, mm -hmm. I, I'm 100% serious. Watching this now was way harder, you know, w w because of the characters and the depictions of their existing traumas and the stuff that's kind of driving them to pilot these yeah. Avas. And I, you know, like, I don't know, I just kind of thought it was cool and edgy at 13, you know, like... <laughs> Now, uh, there are people who really suffer from these, from problems. I was never James. <laughs> Let me, I'm going to make that very clear. I may have not understood or, uh, com like, comprehended trauma in the same way. Like, I, I related to James on that really, really well. I was about to be like, oh, yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> and then and I then, went off the rails. Yeah, and then you were like, oh, but I just thought it was cool and edgy. I'm like, I, I may have loved this series, but I never thought it was cool or, and edgy. I mean, like, I just kind of, like, was like, oh, man, this is really tackling some psychological and, like, religious stuff. And man, this is very challenging in a way that I like, I think I'm slowly finding out isn't as challenging as I once thought it was. Uh, well. Interesting. Michelle, you, you have a blanket statement you'd like to read for the press. Oh yes. My blanket statement is not nearly as serious as James's. It is just what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, when I first started watching this, I angrily got into our discord and said, what did you people do to me? I didn't. First of all, I have, I have no regrets. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> Everyone needs to suffer as I have suffered. Yeah. This, this was a poor time to decide to drop shrooms and watch anime. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a lot of things happened in this arc. Um, this is where we go from, hey, our heroes are fighting these horrible aliens and are maybe, you know, dealing with uh, oppressive parents and young adult fiction and... And I don't know, like weirdly non-specific mythologies, and goes into the the, the mind mind twisting alleys of this plot. That I, I don't even know how where to begin. But I guess we should begin at the beginning. We'll start with episode eighteen. What happens yes. to us in episode eighteen? A lot. Oh, we're um we're in an interesting place here because one of the things that I think we kind of note, looking over my notes, getting through. 18, 19, 20, these episodes, there's a lot of flashback, a lot of callback to things that have happened before. Yeah. Uh, Toji and Kensuke, who've been largely, you know, relegated to just being side characters, suddenly become very important. Um, especially Toji, who ends up in one of these mechs. And, uh, yeah, and then we have all kinds of drama around that, mostly coming from this, this whole thing of no one ever actually telling anybody anything important because they think they might hurt their feelings. <laughs> well, in their defense, feelings do power the giant robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we get through this whole entire arc where we realize if your feelings are on the fritz, you're not going to be able to pilot the giant robot. So let's yes. shove adolescent teenager adolescents into them to well, pilot but them. But I, lie I was, to them. Lie well, to them constantly. I was always under the impression that to some degree, the feelings also made them better at piloting them, right? Be yeah. Because that's why the adults aren't running around piloting them, because their hormones and feelings aren't as at the surface. Uh, I am totally on board with Shinji in that episode Please explain. about not murdering your friends oh, yes. or just other human beings in general. Yeah, murder usually isn't cool in my book. Yeah, all right, <laughs> so I 100% believe, yes, we are, I think, almost uniform in the we shouldn't kill our friends. Yeah. But this isn't... <laughs> <laughs> Non-committal, yeah, from Al. But, uh, yeah, but this wasn't about murdering your friend. This is your friend going berserk and having to... St well, the, first no, it of wasn't all, even his friend, really, at that point. The, the, why did the, they the, tell him? Yeah. Why did they ever tell him? Toji's in there, by the way. Sorry uh, about that. Deal with it. No well, reason. I mean, the thing is, 
it it falls to I mean Masato kind of drops the ball. She doesn't want to tell him because she's got this weird worry that people are going to be jealous because Asuka's already jealous. But then by the time Shinji's even dispatched this thing, Gendo has already decided, nope, it's an angel. You know, he doesn't even he he just refuses. Like, nope, there's no pilot in it. Who cares? Kill it, angel, kill it. You know, so we've already kind of even though it is technically over that discussion. Yeah, it is yeah. A, technically an angel at that point. It's just an Ava that's been infected. Like we had a computer virus a few episodes ago that was an angel. Yeah. I would point out that they did not destroy the building because of the computer virus, but he has no problem putting the axe to that child. No, yeah. So there is a little bit of oh, pick yeah. your poison here. Yes. Um, well, that's another thing we pick up in these these few episodes. We've intimated in the past the idea that the, the, the adults are motivated by revenge above all, that they are willing to throw anyone into the fire so long as they get to kill those angels and you know revenge the second impact and all that and yeah that's that's really brought out not all of them though i don't think all the adults are are that way misato (laughs) and gendo and um uh god white-haired general guy whose name escapes me gendo's friend professor uh uh, professor i can't remember his name professor professor (laughs) general I, General I, Professor, I think I yeah. think Masato has grown some additional feelings for the charges in her ward, but literally, there's an entire episode from the last arc dedicated to Masato's need for revenge. Exactly, but I'm pretty sure. But there are other characters and other adults that we meet, like Ritsko. I don't think actually starts thinking about revenge until much later in the series. Um, Listen yeah. to what you're saying, Al. Yeah. Doesn't think about <laughs> revenge until much later it's, in these four episodes. It's, <laughs> right, not, it's not. But that, she's had the whole series up until to get to that revenge but it's, point. It's not that they're not thinking about revenge. Revenge has always been a constant. Uh, their position has always been constant in their minds. It's only towards the very end of this arc where some of them are able to take action upon it. Exactly. And some of them, in a way, it's an argument of privilege. They did Mm. When when there's a mechanism for militarizing youth against an enemy and that's considered normal, you don't have to, Ritzka doesn't have to show that she wants revenge because that's just her job. She's just doing her job, going to do her job perfectly. And these people are just going to do their jobs. And, but once it's nearly denied her, her chance to get revenge, that's when she goes insane. That is, yeah. And also, like, I will say, I think the one character and one of the reasons why I like him, I'll bring him back, is I think Kaji's not motivated by that at all. And I think he's his motivation is is ninety percent of the time is the truth and to figure out like what is actually happening. Kaji's an interesting character. Everyone promised mm-hmm. he would be, and I think that's uh, pretty accurate. Yeah, I think this is maybe a question for Russell. Uh, I honestly, I'm not 100% sure Kaji's, Kaji's motivations because I'm not 100% <laughs> sure what the organization he works for is or doing or how they relate to well, literally anything he, at this, this point. <laughs> literally well, I mean, so confused about Kaji's kind of place in this whole thing other than gardening and motivating <laughs> Shinji to go back and fight. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, Kaji's kind of, he's playing all sides against each other. You know, he's largely just like, you know, working for Nerve, but leaking information to Japanese intelligence, but also spying on them for Zela. And, you know, he, he's kind of uh, playing every angle he can get, kind of, which, which I think is one of the reasons why people sort of dislike him, because the idea is like he doesn't have any loyalty to anyone but himself. But he is also the most honest spy out there, which yep. so there's like a weird, a weirdly endearing kind of nobility to a guy who is willing to sort of betray everyone, but he's betraying people who have built their entire, you know, uh, uh, organizations on lies, you know? So he's lying to liars about liars. And it's, it's kind of weird because, yeah, he, he, you know, there's like a reverse uh, uh, um, honesty to him. I find him to be very much like, uh, I'm remembering first season Game of Thrones, Varys, who's like who talks about like you know uh, who do you serve like i serve the realm because someone has to and like i think i find him very much that like listen everyone here has their own goals and i'm trying to keep them honest through my dishonesty as weird as that comes off he seems to have Mm. the betterment of everyone else at his core goal or at what he wants to happen here Mm. and to a certain extent that you know relies on the truth that's why he shows misato um what's you know really in the basement and everything else a few episodes ago uh, mm-hmm. But it's just, and it's also why I think he motivates Shinji. And I think, I love that scene, actually. If we can go a little bit further next episode, I don't know if anyone cares. Sure. But yeah. I really love that that scene that he has Melon with Melon Farmer. Yeah. I really Melon like Patch. it. Yeah. It's really, it's one of the most endearing things to me where I think he comes up with a, he treats Shinji like a like a human, mm-hmm. like a person. Yeah. There's, he doesn't have an ulterior motive there. I mean, he wants to not die to a certain extent, but he's like, 
I'm going here. Like you have to make this decision and there's not, there's no shame in, in changing it. There's no shame in basically coming back and, you know, realizing that, that you're the only one that can do this, but you made a choice and it was the right one at the time. I, I was so excited that just a little bit further back, uh, uh, that Shinji actually is like, no, I'm not going to get into the robot. I, <laughs> and I, I was like, all right, good. I, I like totally want to talk about a man's battle. I mean, yeah. It, it's both, like, brilliant and frustrating because, like, I love, obviously, that Shinji puts his foot down and he's like, absolutely not. I've made up my mind. I will not be in a thing that I cannot control to, you know, essentially be used to murder people. Like, uh, just not something I'm going to do. And, but then he goes back. So, he, all right. And that that bothers me. Not that he doesn't. He can do whatever he wants, right? And coming back to realize that he can defend his friends or do whatever, but he doesn't come back. He doesn't really come back on his terms. You know what I mean? Like, I guess that's mm-hmm. sort of the climactic thing we always expect from this sort of transaction. Yeah, I'm coming back, but this time I'm going to call the shots. Dad. Yeah, it's a, I'm the, you know, like, this is my Ava. I'm the only one who can pilot it. And, well, we know that, right? You know, because we see that they're trying to make the Ava move in any other way. You know, Shinji doesn't, right? He just comes back and kind of falls back into his role as, you know, a human teenage meat puppet. I, I don't know. This is one of the episodes that I kind of feel is a little weak because honestly, it's rehashing. It's already it's rehashing a lot of stuff. It's the hedgehog's dilemma. It's got visual right. references back to episode one. You know, why are you here? Get in the robot or someone else will. It, you know, it, it's it's an, an entire episode. I mean, it's got some some good development for a few characters, mostly Kaji. But it is kind of just hitting on the same points again uh, that we've already touched on with Shinji's reluctance to pilot the robot. Like we we had been over that for a while. Man, now I... we just sort of fall right back into doing it again. Wow, man. I agree with that. Jeez. <laughs> I remember watching and I'm like really he's he's doing this thing again and he's at the train station and he's gonna leave and i'm like mm-hmm. we know he's not gonna leave there's still like eight episodes left in yeah, the yeah. other movies and stuff i'm like there's no way he's gonna let this fall away so i was a little annoyed and it also added into my what the heck like <laughs> statement. that's just my that's my hypothesis for the the week Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Man, I could not disagree any harder on this. This is one of my favorite episodes out of the entire series. Uh, I really like it. And I really, again, it goes back to not only that exchange that he has with Kaji, which I felt really resonates well and really plays mm-hmm. well. Um, I like that we call back to a lot of these things and we just see them at a very different perspective. While before it's out of this fear or like, at like or dealing with this trauma or, ne- or neglect. It's one of the few things, and Masato even says it. Like I'm talking to the real Shinji at this point. He's made this decision. He knows that he's going to be doing this. Yeah, and it's and it's yep. and not only that, but like it's the idea that it can be reversed. Like you can stand up and make a decision, put your foot down, and like you can walk back. It's okay to walk back, even and maybe even the right thing to do is to walk back. Um, I don't know. I I've just it it hits so well for me. It plays so well actually, and I love the angel design in the episode as well. Um, I love the fight scenes in it. I love Oscar just unloading like guns. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna be with you. I think on this one, Al, and I don't think anybody's saying that the se- the the episode was bad. No, it does. I still no, like it. It yeah, retouches yeah. No, on a few no. things that are that have happened, but I think it does it at a time. In the series where you've got the bookends, right? This is where, or at least this is what I thought it would be. Maybe that's why some people are having issues. Because as a, mm-hmm. effectively as a first time watcher, I'm like, all right, we're getting some bookends here. We had uh, Shinji questioning himself in the beginning. Now he's quest- questioning the system, right? Yeah. Beforehand, I'm not good enough for this, sort of, or I'm too afraid for this. And at the end, it's like, no, this isn't. This is not right. I don't want to do this. So there's a different, it's still him refusing to get in the robot, but his motivations are different. So mm-hmm. I, I, if it wasn't for what happens in the next few episodes, I'd be like, oh, this is a really powerful bookend. But, <laughs> and this is where the first major twist happens in this arc. I'm sitting there thinking, all right, Shinji's, you're going to get back in the robot. It feels like a replay of the earlier episodes, but this time it's on your own terms, like James had said. Yeah. But instead, <laughs> this time it's when you're going to get eaten alive by your giant robot friend. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening here? What is going on? He made the right yeah. hero's choice. What are you doing? <laughs> and because I'm, I'm thinking the whole time, honestly, and we could talk about politics, I guess, in a minute, but... Uh, 
Like, and they do. Yeah, they absolutely do. Shinji, when he's when he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, nobody wants to beat up your friend in a giant robot. But if they're like the world is coming to an end, or the, if the entire city is going to die, you punch your friend. They're going crazy. <laughs> you beat them up. I'm sorry. That's where I fall in the political spectrum. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's valid. I think it's we're crazy. You punch them in the mouth. We're yeah. throwing you in the same box with Katie. But they also genocide to robots. <laughs> but that they also deep, that is a, uh, a Guardian, Battlestar Galactica's reference. Just in case you didn't know, yep. never mind about that. But yeah, they the, fine. You do it, and when you and when he decides to come back to fight, I'm like, yeah, obviously you're going to have to come back and fight mm-hmm. because y- everyone's going to die instead of like one friend. Maybe dying. I'm sorry. But the thing is, is they keep that from him. They don't tell him that, you know, uh, Adam's in the basement and that like for like third impact could happen. Like this is all like. No, but like there's still a giant monster attacking the city. Like if a thousand people died, then still like this. This is horrible. But I would kill you, Al and James. Right. uh, If it meant saving. This is like a really bad episode of The Good Place. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I would kill you. I don't know if I'm a moral objectivist. I don't know. But like I can understand that that. I'm going to stop but, talking right now. I know, at least I give him that choice. You have two other pilots that could be sitting in that position at that point in time. But they can't. They can't. Literally, the episode goes to make a point that they can't. For whatever yeah. reason, they they cannot pile the robot. They no, 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 no they can't control. pilot Unit 1. But when he's fighting Kaji, like, we have Unit 0 and Unit 2. They're still functional at that no, point. I, no, no, they're not. They're both out. I'm pretty oh, sure. Asuka gets yeah. right, completely right. arms destroyed. cut off. They, they disconnect then, from Asuka uh, just a moments before no, her no, no, head no. is chopped off. No, 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 I'm not talking about that episode. I'm talking about the episode before with with, with uh, Toji. Sorry, I don't know why I said Kaji. Toji. When the, no, when they, no, oh, no, yeah. they got beat up by Toji. Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah they lose to Toji. I was thinking about the episode afterwards where they lose their heads and their arms and everything else. Okay, never mind. Oh, yes, we're deep in it now, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah. Russell? Well, yeah, this, is, this is building into Asuka's downfall because, I mean, the worst part is in the fight with Toji, it all happens off screen. She just goes, ah, and then, like, you know, someone's telling us that, that her unit's been, been demolished. You know, right. I mean, at least we get to see her actually engaging with the, uh, 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 you know, the, the next angel after that. But this is the part yeah. of the series I'm most upset by the animation shortcuts yeah. that come up. And there are a couple of them I just wrote down, which I don't want to go like they're off. getting quite extreme at this yeah. point. Yeah. At certain points, two characters are on screen talking to each other and nothing is their lips aren't moving. They're not looking at each other. They're just staring. Can you tell it's, the budget was cut? Yeah. There's a sign in front oh, they, of some people's faces. They're, they're out talking. of it in a few episodes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's. But yes, a powerful scene, melon scene. Despite the fact that there is a ridiculous brush joke in there, a very powerful scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think the most horrifying scene in this episode to me is the angel eating the other angel. It oh, out of uh, all yes. the scenes, right? Even the angel being born from the mm-hmm. you know that orb angel or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this scene was you know watching it on a plane, and I was like. Whoop. You know, like I'm like, I don't this is a little much. <laughs> it's the it's the human eye and arm, really, that kind yeah. of that really does it. Yeah. A hundred percent. It really strikes me as that moment where there's like a, a car, like the blood comes pouring out of the angel in such volume that it actually like like moves a car, like a wave hit it. Like, oh wow, that's mm. <laughs> I did not ex- and they make sure it's blood it's blood everywhere yeah, like and covering it's, the building it's like, red blood. blood there's no there's yeah. no mistaking it and it's weird because at this point I was like I did not expect that this was the kind of anime I was watching when you see mm-hmm. the creepy giant things from Attack on Titan you're like alright this is it it's on the cover you know yep. when I'm, I'm you're watching this and like part of my 80s brain can't stop but think that this is like Robotech or Voltron but mm-hmm. then oh crap the robot's got meat in it and that's yep. not well, a good look it even eases into it. Like, you know, I just popped back to the first episode the other day. Um, and, you know, like that angel bleeds like a little green and it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like it just like literally as we go forward, the angels are getting more and more. They're, they're a calling upon our emotions of war and battle and death and and fights with humanity more, you know? It, yeah, when Shinji first fights that one thing, it just kind of looks like a monster thing. Yeah. Mm. And now it's now it's all weird. And we forget about the eye in the first episode, too, or the second episode, mm-hmm. really, yeah. of the series. Well, I've never forgot about it, but I, I've always been <laughs> like, mm, when is this going to come back? Uh, yeah. Not that it will. Not that it will. Michelle, you're kind of watching this for the first time like I am. Uh, did What did you think at this point when uh, I was screaming at the Discord chat going, what am I watching? What were you thinking? 
I feel like you were screaming at him a few times. We're still at man's battle. Yeah, we're still at the uh, humanoid person walking on all fours, running up to a a giant alien and feasting on the goo inside. Yeah, I was like, is it cannibalism or is it not? (laughs) So, because everyone's saying the Avas are based off the angels or are they human or are the angels human or is it an Adam and what's Adam and what is this thing in the basement? And we make sure you just, just make sure you water my plants for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, we dig into some of that a bit in the next episode. So I think. let's go right into that next episode. Yeah. So this is the one where Shinji uh, essentially becomes one with the plug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> There's, this has one of the biggest continuity flaws in the entire uh, series. I think. Really? Yeah. Shinji is absorbed into the LCL. Uh, and so they show like the camera inside his, you know, his uh, his entry plug. And they're like, look, he's not there. Just his plug suit floating in the uh, in the liquid. Whereas in the previous episode, uh, Shinji jumped into the plug in his street clothes. He, oh. Runs, oh. he runs from Kaji's discussion about melons to go jump in the machine. And in that fight, he's wearing his, you know, his typical, you yeah. know, uh, and and you know and and slacks but you know <laughs> but yeah but apparently they you know somebody started working on these things out of order so his plug suit is floating there and his his actual pants and shirt nowhere to be seen so, you know hmm. to be fair i watched these episodes back to back and and before you told me i wouldn't even notice uh, i now uh, want to throw the series in the garbage yep, that was it. <laughs> straight in I'm the sorry, garbage that, that one just that one stuck with me the first time so i keep thinking of it uh, there's, there's a lot of continuity continuity mm-hmm. errors in Ava that a lot of fans will let it get away with. Uh, yeah. This well, being one of the most blaring, though. Blaring so though. Uh, my at this point, I'm having a lot of fun just because of the weirdness. First, yeah, this is where the the visuals get really creepy for me, and yeah. I'm like, why yeah. did I drop shrooms, etc. It's one of my favorite things because. At this point, this is where it's counting down through the amount of hours Shinji's missing, correct? Yeah, days. Days and eventually in months. Or I think maybe just over a month. Like 30-something days? Yeah. Yeah. I think it ends on like day 40 or something. And you know what? For for a cartoon show, it really does build up the tension. I'm wondering if we're ever going to get... Because things just got so weird so quickly that I'm like, yeah, maybe Shinji will never appear again in the show. Maybe he's just <laughs> soup. And then at that moment, he goes planking out of the goop. <laughs> and I just like, again, the, the he's animation reborn. budget. He's born again yeah. from the Eva. Nude and wet in goop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is fine. This is, a, this is an anime I'm watching now yeah. by myself at midnight. There are, a few, there are a few points that I think are kind of like, Two of my big takeaways from this episode and sort of the reasons why I like this episode is, uh, I mean, um, first of all, one of my favorite bits is that as Shinji is in the goop and like, you know, going on this weird, you know, self-analysis philosophical journey, he's thinking about the angels as enemies. But the word enemy starts to become attached to his father until we're not seeing angels anymore. We're just seeing flashes of Gendo and the word enemy over and over again, which is like, oh, boy. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. I get I like it. Can we turn it real hard there? Yeah. Can we address like Gendo may be the antagonist? I'm not. I'm still not sure. Like I'm trying to figure it out. I I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I'm. Uh, I think the next episode hammers that down pretty yeah, pretty solidly. Yeah. yeah. I, we're not quite sure what his motivations are at this point, but like, it's clear he's not doing things on the up and up. But this is what this mm-hmm. is one of my my big qualms with the TV series as a whole, actually is we're starting to get a lot of different characters with a lot of different motivations and none of them become clear, like, or none of them seem clear at this point. Like, Gendo wants to do a thing. And, mm-hmm. like, we have mentions of the Human Instrumentality Project. Cool. What is that? Like, mm-hmm. are we gonna, are we gonna get into that at any point in time? And, like, and then Sele has its motivations and Who then the, the government... What the hell is Sele? <laughs> because we have not actually addressed that at much. We just know that it's it was a it was an organization that funded them Back in the Antarctic, we think maybe I don't. Ooh, so, yeah. Well, we I haven't thought gotten I there missed yet. Something with that <laughs> when they suddenly started mentioning Sailor, and I'm like, is this a person that I missed? I like, am, I went back a little bit. And I went, oh, no, it's just a council of old dudes. I am 100 percent with you, Michelle. I was like, so who? They just uh, suddenly they just threw that in there. I'm like, who? What? 
how well, the count yeah the council of old dudes transitioned from being that room full of old dudes until uh, up to the blank screens that float in the air with ominous yeah, yeah. Uh, on they them. become freaking uh 2001 boxes yeah, yeah. yeah. i was thinking yeah. uh superman where their the council <laughs> yep. is in the yep. holograms yep yeah all of it works Intr- but they didn't I have think- a name up until this episode right have we ever referred to yeah. them as sailor the council it was just the council and it was assumed they were something to do with nerve it, it's it snuck in. I think I remember reading somewhere that they this was kind of a revision that happened later on. So, I mean, it, you know, in the rebuilds and all that sort of thing, they start out with Zayla being these monoliths, you know, with these faceless monoliths, that there's kind of a, a feeling that, hmm, well, we probably should have started from that point. But yeah, no. so, so there's, at, there's a weird, weird bit of, of sort of retcon going on around Zayla. So at this point, I think it's a good time and probably a little late into this podcast and our podcast review to bring it up. But there are lots of different versions of the show that have existed over time, including like source material and comics and and things where they attempt to expand upon what's what what was already presented and then rebuilds and what have you. And in fact, Mm -hmm. we're doing this because of Netflix and Netflix has its own unique spin on things with a new script and a new uh, new voiceover. We'll get a little bit more about on that later on in this episode and in a future episode. Yeah. But at this mm-hmm. point, watching through straight through, there is a little... You you are getting lost. At one point, you this is when you feel like you're getting um, adaptation uh, distortion where like there's something missing or that should have been filled out but that doesn't quite fill in. Oh, I don't think it's adaptation. I think it's just Anno being obnoxious. Well, I, I'm using that term because it's like that. It's like yeah. when you watch or read a book or watch a movie based on a book or vice versa, and you're like, I don't know. This may have made more sense in the original or in a different format. Right. Uh, mm. This could be polished up. But I, we really get some more solid answers in the in the next episode, uh, which I think we're kind of already kind of talking about. Uh, yeah. And this is our backstory. This is our elaborate. Yeah. Uh, starting in the I think ninety five. And I'm like, oh, or 99, a little bit in the future from when the book came out. From what the book, from when the series came out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, Russell, you want to walk us through a little bit of that one? Oh, boy. Sure. Why not? So, yeah, this one's all about political intrigue, which is interesting because they have Zayla now deciding they need to seize control of Nerve, which we kind of previously thought they already had, I guess. Yeah, I but definitely did. In doing that, they, they get to set us up for a series of flashbacks about, you know, our scientists back in their school days. Where, you know, because they're all such brilliant scientists, they've discovered this new exciting thing down in Antarctica. And this is going to be the answer to all kinds of weird things in the future. Maybe this is this, you know, maybe this is what will preserve humanity. I don't know. So, you know, they're still being very, very vague with all this stuff. A lot of leading discussion. But what we kind of learned through this is just how Gendo has been like using everyone around him using Yui for her achievements, kind of marrying her in order to keep her on the hook, uh, just being utterly insufferable around people, uh, you know, uh, uh, cozying up to uh, Ritsko's mom when it suits him, mm-hmm. this, this terrible stuff that just sort of, I mean, like I said, I think this is where we see him as being kind of the, the villain of the piece where he's trying to use all of these ideas and these uh, uh, brilliant minds and the power that they have to, um, you know, to bring about some kind of, of uh, uh, technical um, revolution that, you know, that he's going to be the, the uh, you know, at, at the forefront. Yeah, and at this point, I my all my like uh, my spider senses, all my reader, my watcher senses are going off going. Nothing that Gen- he's doing is necessarily like like it's nothing. He's not communicating with the angels and bringing them down. Right. That's not that's not what he is doing. Yeah. Yet you get the feeling that he's he's making things worse. And he's definitely the villain of the human drama that's happening with Mm -hmm. Shinji's mom and whatever the deal with Ray is at this point. At this point, you could definitely start speculating what the deal is with Ray. When Ray looks exactly like a young Yuri, that uh, she was the the other name for the the name for a girl child should uh, should they have had a, 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 a the, young girl? And that line, here's my only problem with Gendo being the villain of this piece. is In the flashbacks, well, there's always something a little off about him. It's a little different than the person we have later on. The person who knows mm-hmm. Yui seems a bit softer, a bit more emotional. Even the line about naming his children feels like it has 
this genuineness to it. And then Yui dies, and all of a well, sudden, that, Gendo's delivery changes. It, extremely, actually, yeah. That's when we start to, um, in the flashback, that's where we start to really dig into the idea of the instrumentality project. And that sort of says a few things. I mean, in a way that intimates what he is expecting that means, you know? Uh, Yui is dead. Next step, instrumentality. I wonder what that's going to, you know, what that's going to do. Hmm. You know? Right. Al? I, what I'm curious about is, like, we keep calling him the villain. Even I've called him the villain. I think he is to a certain extent. But I, we don't really see him do anything villainous. We see um, General Professor uh, show up and, like, <laughs> accuse him of something. And, we'll like, Adam is a thing. And at some point, Gendo pitches something that gets him as loyal as a dog. Like, and I don't, we, no, I don't think we see that in this episode. Long past the point Yui's gone, like, he's still like, no, nope, Gendo knows what's best. And it's like, when did that happen? How did that happen? Because you were very critical of this guy throughout most of this past. Like, something went well, down we, that we convinced you. We assume it has something to do with this human instrumentality project and how it's it's working and before the flashback we've got no successful eva no successful way of battling against uh the angel's return then yuri goes missing and then afterwards they have a way of dealing with it and then a younger yuri so like at this point i'm like i don't like where any of this is going Mm -hmm. correct we don't see true villainy but we see uh, we were probably not we're not going for he's the he is an antagonist in yeah. many ways. He's certainly the human antagonist in this in in the series if Shinji really? is a protagonist. Yeah. And it's weird because oh god. Sorry. Well I was gonna say uh, it's uh, Fuyutsuki. Professor Fuyutsuki is the is the guy. There Honestly, we go. I think one of the things that they play up with him is he has kind of uh, an interest, if not an infatuation, in Yui. And that I think in, if you're if you're talking about like him sort of becoming in a way subservient to Gendo's ideas, I think a lot of it comes down to the idea of Gendo saying, like, hey, you know that woman we both loved me up close and you mm-hmm. from afar? I think there's a way that we can sort of continue her legacy or bring her back in some way. And I think that's what kind of keeps Fiyutsuki on his on his side is kind of this this, you know, this way of, of this extension, this relationship, you know, yeah. well, that Fiyutsuki wanted to have with Yui. I agree that that's what they were aiming for. I think that's what they were aiming for. It looks like Owl doesn't doesn't agree. Uh, what do you, what do I you never think? caught that. Like, I definitely caught his infatuation. 100% he yeah. is infatuated with Yui. That's, that's a thing. But as far as, like, pitching, bringing her back or anything else, like, it's not like Fuyutsuki has any relationship with Rei, which is as close as we've gotten to a revival of Yui um, thus far. And Gendo mm-hmm. certainly has a close relationship with her. But it comes down to, like, I mean, I don't think he cares about that. Like, I think he's sorry that she's gone. He's, it's I think tragic. maybe he's the ma- legacy of what she was trying to accomplish. Maybe, but we don't know what that legacy is or, like, even what the heck he should care about. So it's just so... At this point, like, I filled in the blanks and say it's the the Avas. And I, and I think that's what they've established in this episode that brings up a lot... Of, it's a... It's a an interesting way of doing an info dump. I'll say that. Giving an episode mm. for all this to be delivered. Yeah. I will tell that that was, an, that was interesting. Interesting. I don't know if I Some liked it. Some of it is, yeah. But Some of it is still half delivered, but yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, Michelle, what do you, what do you think? Because this is as close as we've gotten to any information on anything that's happened. Like, do you, I've found myself very wanting. I, did you feel the same way? No. I think I even, I messaged you at this point, I think, when I was like, what the heck is going on? Exactly, because right? It's just, it just got really weird suddenly. I felt like they were going in a different path and it just kind of, even just the way they were doing the flashbacks to me were hard to follow. Just because in animation, it's hard to tell if we're dealing, other than like the children, whether this is like adult version or older adult version or yeah. young version of character. Or the, or the little title screen like, that might because show. Because there was a time before when they were in Antarctica and then they are now, they're back in Antarctica again. I'm like, is this current day or is this past tense? And so it's delivered so quickly, yeah. right? And it's yeah, and it's not it, a, and it's not a lot of information that's, no. yeah. I thought the next episode was going to go more into it. And just with, at the end of this, this is when, Kaji calls Misoda, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, where we we find out Kaji was probably uh, probably killed, right? So, but there's, I feel like they kind of skipped. Oh, like I know he rescued um, the professor dude. 
from the kind of jail <laughs> from, that he was yeah. in t- being kind of interrogated in. So, and just really just sitting there reminiscing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's privilege right there but, to be interrogated. You know, just, and be like, yeah, this is the story. You know, follow the truth and water the plants. So uh, at this point, what do you think is going on in the background? Uh, you and I are the ones who, uh, who, do know, who do not know effectively. So what do you think, Michelle, is going on? Uh, and then I'll, I'll tell you what I think is happening. I think there's somehow... Is Sele... Zeely or is Sele? Sele. Yeah. Sele. They're still active, correct? I believe so. Yeah. I think they're the, the I monoliths. I feel like there's some corrupted capitalistic gain behind this somehow that they're trying to do something to monetize the destruction of earth. Ooh, interesting. Really interesting. So I, I went more surface level of what actually is going on with some of the, our main characters. And so here's a full disclosure. I don't really know. I I didn't make any distinctions between nerve or Sele or anything. So at some point or other, Humanity did something they shouldn't have and unleashed an evil uh, god upon the world, and it killed half the planet. And I bet they did it because of capitalism. Probably. I mean, why else do anything but for capitalism? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you, um, they, they unleashed some sort of uh, hell upon Earth, and uh, in the reorganization that happened afterwards, they uh, found a way to take this monster that they that came from the heavens or whatever, uh, reconfigure its DNA, use it as the base for cloning out these giant effective, the the Avas, which we are calling giant robots, but they're actually like cyber organic beings or whatever. They have to be piloted by human children for whatever reason. We're not quite sure yet at this particular point. Um, And the original process of doing this was mastered by Yuri and Gendo, specifically Yuri for Yuri being the pilot. And when she dies during some early experiment, I guess 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe five years ago, I can't, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, ago, when she Mm -hmm. dies, they run out of like, it it was the, the Ava was built for her. So they clone her or something and use her clone, which they name her daughter, Ray. And that she becomes the reason why they could pilot these vessels moving forward. That's what I was going with. And I was like, you know what? This is messed up. I like this. It was messed up. And you know what? The show gets worse. The show gets worse. (laughs) The thing is, is they give you so many hints that Ray has to be somehow connected to Yui. Yes, absolutely. So So do we only have one more episode after this? Um, Yeah. Yeah, there's two more. But I actually let's bring up a one really thing because we have the 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 who shot Kaji moment of this series, which once again is is a uh, is something just left on the, on the floor that we're supposed to figure out for ourselves. I am curious who we think shot Kaji. Uh, I just assume Sele did it. They were like, "All right, we're done with." But you. he specifically talks about wanting to talk about this person, like, and waiting for them, and looking. oh, it's you. Yeah, there's a there's definitely. Then one. I'm gonna say Jr's uh, wife. I'm going to go with the original. <laughs> JR's wife. Deep cut. I'm going to s- maybe Ritsko? Ritsko makes the most sense to me. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they ever confirm it. Or they don't ever oh. confirm it. Spoiler. But I but I, 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 I have my theory that it was Misato. I think that's one of the reasons why mm. she knows for a, a fact he's dead, is that uh-huh. she had to do it. Um, Interesting. I, I think that she... I don't think that she did it because... I, like, I think that not of a sense of duty or anything, but I think that it was came down to... Uh, the orders came down and it was either like, well, it's either both of us or one of us. And you left me with the information to do anything about this. So if we're going to if anything's going to move forward, I got to do this. Interesting. Interesting. Like, huh. I, I think I'm, that's my theory anyway. Russell, you have a, a theory? Honestly, I don't think I really do on this. I think this is one of those things where I feel like Kaji's wound himself up in so many people's intrigues that at that point, I feel like it could be any one of a number of people. It might actually be five different people just standing in a line. And <laughs> shot. There was oh, a, it's you! Bang! There was and that you! Bang! And you! Bang! There was that Catwoman. Um, uh, he had talked to at one time. I thought it may have been her, uh, Michelle. <laughs> I'm not really sure, but I don't think it was Misato. It, it feels. No, I feel like she has too much. Like just with how she is with the kids, I feel like she has too much of that compassionate personality that I don't think she would be able to do it. Mm-hmm. It does feel like that's the most uh, like. 
angsty answer. Yeah. And that yeah. sounds cool. That's how it means. But it Jimmy also feels it. like. He's angsty. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or maybe yeah. Asuka did it because she's just the wreck the next time. Toji's sister. No it, was, it was Toji's sister. She yeah. was like, you know what? I'm going to just wheel myself over here. <laughs> she gets out of the hospital <laughs> and she's like, the first thing I'm going to do is kill this guy. I want to kill a man just to watch him die. <laughs> all right. That's enough of that. So, yep. all right. Our next episode. Uh, and we have two more episodes to go through, right? Because yep. it's all beginning to blur in my brain. I have a, I think, is it this episode or the next episode? The next this episode, ep- I have a quote pulled. Um, but this one is Don't Be, which is Asuka's mental breakdown, and we get a look into mm-hmm. her trauma. Yeah, yep. that's when things yep. really get trippy. I keep remembering yep. that this is the part where I'm like, holy God. Because this is where the angel attacks you psychologically. Yes. Yeah. This oh. is where things started getting harder to watch for me. This is where, like I said, I think going back on it, I was like, I was definitely not aware of the sort of trauma that people could have, but clearly this is something that it's trying to bring into it. And and it's something that, you know, obviously a question, you know, we've been asking and addressed with Shinji a few episodes ago, but the the whole series has been addressing, you know, why does Shinji pilot the Eva? Why does he fight? Why does he do this? Why is he allowing himself to be used as a weapon? But, you know, well, we've been told by Asuka and Rey, you know, why they do it. Obviously we're shown that, there's baggage that really might make them do it. And it was honestly awful. Not yeah. like, I, yeah. d- I don't think like awful, like as in, I did not enjoy this episode. Um, it definitely, this was the episode that made me think that I won't, that I'll take another decade before I rewatch this. Wow. Really? It's rough, man. It's, there's a lot going on here about Asuka's mother and about like her father and just like her going crazy and then, uh, you know, cradling a doll and Asuka like just losing her mother. Like and to the point where she's like, I mean, no, I'll die with you if you just treat me like your kid for once. And like your mother hanging the doll as well as herself. It's just like it's so much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michelle, how are you it holding is. up at this point? <laughs> I don't know if maybe I'm just more dead inside than all of y'all, but I didn't I didn't really find anything all that traumatically jarring. Yeah, you're more dead inside. We can prove that. I just very much enjoyed Asuka switching straight into German and Shinji being that was like <laughs> well, Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Uh, it's interesting because I mean this is where we um we kind of poke holes in a lot of the stuff around Asuka, um, which I think some fans had been asking for up to this moment. So by the time when it when it happens, it's like, well, here you go. Hope you hope you got what you asked for. And I think most people didn't. Uh, at this point, a lot of other people have kind of been won over by her character. So it is much more damaging in that way. I think a lot of it really depends on your uh, engagement with Asuka and where you feel she falls in this. Like have have enough things transpired so that at this point you're you know, pulling for her because she's no longer just, you know, a loud mouth jerk. Uh, or is it still like that kind of person where, where you're like, well, you know, what, what is that? You know, what does it mean, uh, uh, you know, to have her here um, just, you know, to, to be angry at people and to do, you know, to just try to drag everyone else down. And it's weirdly unsatisfying no matter where you were on there, because like Io is a person who was like confused by her at first, but eventually won over. And then uh, I did not enjoy seeing her being deconstructed like this and just left hanging. Like, yeah, oh, that uh, that was not a that was not a horrible black humor pun there. But like, it, you know, just it felt yeah. wrong. And um, it's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Yep. Yeah. Oh. We go down further. Can <laughs> to address the the episode's plot plot point uh the lance of uh longinus or lo- longevity or longinus, <laughs> yeah. longinus is fine i guess yeah. um i love all the the, it's, the it's not a christian yeah it's a christian historical yeah it's a, yeah, the it's a christian historical that they throw into space that now rotates that was somehow detaining Abdom, but maybe not really, because he doesn't do anything. Well, he just grows legs when they pull it out of him. Right, but they did, because they, they just got the Lance earlier in the season. Like, that was something that happened, I think, halfway through. When did they what, get the Lance? Well, Lance brought it down. Don't you remember when Ray had it and in the giant, in Unit Zero, and she was bringing oh, it downstairs? Oh, yeah, that scene, yeah, she's in it, but... 
I, I thought mean, they would use it occasionally and then yeah, put it back in Adam when up. they were. <laughs> no, uh, that's like, really what I thought was happening. It's like that right, is also what I thought. Let's, like, let's <laughs> take this, the, the lance out. We use it for a couple of minutes. But we only got a couple of minutes before he grows legs. So let's <laughs> shove it right back at him. I've played World of Darkness role playing games where we've done that with stakes. <laughs> like, all right, he's gonna stay in torpor for the morning. That's these are the deepest cuts you could get. I imagine, yeah. Network. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I thought was happening. Um, and that, it's interesting. That, that's not what happened at all, though. They they threw that thing into the moon and it's gone. And yeah. then they were happy that it was gone, as if like they couldn't get rid of it. That's the most Gendo thing. Gendo yes, thing. that is the most Gendo thing. Yeah. Like, he tenses his Wait, fingers. Can we make Gendo thing a thing? <laughs> yeah, just, he tenses his fingers like, just as I meant it to work. Like, you meant her to chuck a spear at the moon? What is this? What is this well, show I'm watching? It's one of those things, again, where you start seeing, like, what are the what are the motivations here behind all this? And it kind of feels more and more that everything that isn't human instrumentality is kind of falling away from around Gendo. I mean, when we see, like, you know, the, 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 the lance is being used to sort of hold Adam there, and it's a big deal, like, oh, no, if we don't have the lance, how will we keep Adam under control? But they had and Adam under lance control is, before that. We think. Yeah. We think. But I mean, no. that, but that was that was the... That was the explanation given as to why it was like, oh, no, we can't use it. And then yeah. when we use it, Gendo is like, ah, oh, yes, all according to plan. So we kind of think, all right, maybe the release of Adam is one of those things that, you know, that that is on us, you know, on the road to instrumentality. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. This episode also gives us um, my uh, animation save of the week uh, where <laughs> Uh, two characters are in the elevator, tersely not speaking to each other, and there's just oh, a I bunch of shadows that are showing that the levels they're going past, uh, and that was really beautiful. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that one is, that one I is amazing because it is like a very. It's something that I think we've all felt at some point or another, <laughs> yes. where there's that sense of how long can we not talk, get into this conversation that is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I love that moment. All right, I think it's time. I think um, I think we're gonna talk about it. The last the uh, last episode in this arc, Ray three, Ray three. Oof, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Has a great line just to begin with. Uh, another phone that will never ring again. I believe it's this episode, unless it was a carryover from last. I can't remember, but um, that's that that already puts you in the right mom- moment for what's going on with these characters in the show. When we're done talking about this episode, I will pull the quote from this episode that uh, I believe explains what all of Evangelion is about, or at least to me, what okay. I think. I'm interested. What I think one of the best subtexts for the show is, and I think a really great modern interpretation of it in the um, in the wake of. Uh, the re-release for Netflix. Cool. Mm. All right. So all my notes for this episode are critical, even though I enjoyed the episode. I don't know Mm. why I felt, maybe because of the things I liked most, I was too entrapped. I was watching too carefully. Right. And the things Mm. that I didn't like, like there's a moment where they're next, uh, there's another cheap animation moment that I think was poorly done here. It's Rei and Shinji just sort of like next to each other, not saying anything. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of like crazy techno jargon that gets intolerable to me at this point, but none of this is, um, none of this really captures what this episode is about. I actually had a quick logistical question before we started the episode. I, so I, in my, uh, group of episodes I have saved for this, I have two copies of this episode. Are there director's cuts of this episode? Is there possible that I watched... Some additional footage that maybe oh, you guys didn't. It's possible. Oh, there's there's director's cuts. Yeah. Well, there's so many. We're going to talk about this when we get into the Netflix versions. Yo. But there are so many different remixes before even Netflix got their fingers on it, uh, and it changes the story in many ways significantly. Um, cool. So if I bring up something you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just let me know. Cool. There's a good right. chance Mich- Michelle and I would be like, what happened? And we saw it and still didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot I of... I probably what? saw a lot of things and didn't even realize it. <laughs> At what point it just all washed over me. So in this episode, essentially, we, you know, we've broken down Shinji again. We, we broke down Asuka. So now it's time to break down Rey. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. it's uh, Ray uh, t- gets attacked by the that like worm angel, right? Yeah. So also eventually looks starts to look like Ray, which is very odd. Mm. Well, it, because it's it's like taking on her essence or whatever when yeah. it's also attacking, attacking her mind and her Ray, body. Which is very yeah, again, very odd. Um, I mean, is it though? 
It's not odd, but it is. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it's not it's, odd, but it, but it is. I guess it's attacking or assimilating, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not in 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 world. It's odd because like why would it do that? But like metaphorically in show, it's like ah oh, poignant, you know. Like uh, <laughs> um, what if one of the 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 uh, the IT people who are screaming out everything that's happening <laughs> said, "Oh my God, it's using a poignancy attack." <laughs> Dramatic <laughs> irony. <laughs> who knew this angel had such high levels of it? <laughs> Well, it's easier to talk about it than it is to draw it sometimes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, James, go on. Yeah, we break down Ray, right? Yeah, and, exactly. But breaking down Ray isn't just a mental process, because as we as we learn in this episode, Ray is a fabricated person. Yeah. So oh, we also have to break uh, down Ray from the outside. So we get um, revealed to Shinji Misato by uh, Ritsuko. Yeah. Uh, of all the different clones of Ray that Gendo is hiding in the basement, which are also the dummy plugs. Yeah. So if anybody heard that sentence, even having watched a lot of the show, you're like, what did you just say? What words are you saying? But effectively, at this point, we realize that the giant robots, the thing that helps pilot these giant robots, and one of the more, one the, the first child, is in fact a group of... So this is basically a question of... of of agency and of humanity. What makes you a human, right? This is the ship of Aegeus, right? This is the, how much can you clone Ray and then put her in a machine and let her fight to the death and bring her back, making her still a, a real person. Um, and she Michelle, you chum. look horrified. What? I didn't realize she was a dummy box. <laughs> I knew it. I hundred percent knew you were gonna miss something <laughs> horrific in this part because it's it's there's so much happening. Yeah, yeah I knew that. I knew they were all destroyed or whatever. And then there's that part where she's like, "I'm Ray three. Like I'm the third one anyway." Something yeah. something. I have no feeling. Something something. And you know what? I bet Shinji feels real dumb now for being like no i have to do it because i don't want ray to get hurt meanwhile they're stopping her in a goddamn toaster anyway you know, uh i i'm we're finding out a little too much about michelle right now this again is reminding me of our battlestar Galactica late to the party where we discovered that katie was in fact okay with robot genocide both you and michelle have dug pretty deep holes today i'm just yeah, gonna say these, we're gonna cut this episode a lot but at this point we're really realizing that like the so we're questioning humanity right now yep. on several levels. One, the Avas are kind of humans, right? They're just... They're very kind of. Yeah, they're basically human monsters we made out of God DNA because, of course, uh, and we are now sending them off into battle. That's creepy. And also they're mostly like co-piloted by young clone child. Uh, mm -hmm. And also one of the clone childs, they mature out and they... Like, this is... This is the worst possible Venture Brothers episode you could imagine, if, if that makes any sense. It's <laughs> yeah, it does. just yep. Yep. creepy yep. and horrific. Can we um, go, can we talk about the fact that Ray has died a number of times? Like I'm pretty sure back when Ritsko killed Ritsko's mother killed. That's her. what I'm saying. So yeah. in the past, yep. right, we think that. Well, and then that that who kills Ritsko's mother? Is it Ray? But is Ray dead? Right. The so Ritsko kills. I, I don't know. The implication is she throttles Ray to death in a jealous rage. Right. And then realizing what she's done, she throws herself off the balcony yeah. and cracks her head open on, you know, one of the Magi computers that she helped make. Poetic death, I guess. Yeah. And then, I, I, you piece that together and, because the blood splat was adult sized. And then what? Gendo comes in yeah. and goes, uh, dumb broad, I had more Rays. <laughs> Yes. Well, she's got a daughter, so she's got a spare no, too. Well, I'll, I'll be real. I think there was. Oh, I think Russell, there was. We are uh, on the list. You are what? on the list of having something what? that we need to cut out. We're not. We're not. We're leaving it. All I in. think there was some uh, strategy in sending Ray in and having her have heard that information. The way he talks about her, I think this is yeah. very intentional on Gendo's part that oh, she yeah. kicks yeah. it or at least does something to get herself kicked out. Do we give Gendo maybe too much credit? No. No. Okay. Think, no. Uh, it's an extremely contrived plan. I mean, it relies on a lot of, you know, <laughs> a, lot a lot of coincidence of here. No. But it's the kind of thing someone would write. So. Yeah. All right. It is. When Ritsko is describing the Avas, she says this. 
And if you replace one word in this in this little paragraph, I believe it tells you what Evangelion is about, and I think it's poignant with the re-release. Mm-hmm. Mankind stumbled across God. Overjoyed, we tried to possess it, and so we were punished. That happened 15 years ago. The God we were so excited about vanished. Undeterred, we then tried to resurrect God. That was Adam. We made humans from Adam in God's image. Those are the Avas. The Avas are intrinsically soulless, so we imbued them with one. They're clobbered together with salvaged material. My concept's actually very similar to an article written by Joshua Meyer over on Slashfilm. He goes into a lot more detail than I do, though. I want to suggest that Evangelion is about art. Mankind stumbled across art. Overjoyed, we tried to possess it. And so we were punished. That happened 15 years ago. The art we were so excited about vanished, undeterred, We then tried to resurrect art. That was Adam. We made humans from Adam in art's image. Those are the Avas. The Avas are intrinsically soulless, so we imbued them with one. They're clobbered together with salvaged material. I think Evangelion is about recapturing the first time you've experienced something, right? Something beautiful artistic, poetic. And when we try to revisit that, and every time we try to revisit that, every time we get back in the Ava, every time we resurrect a child, a ray, every time we try to reinstill ourselves with that, it's never the same. It feels like a a kind of a, a an amalgamation of our past feelings, of our past pieces of that experience, but never that exact same experience, this cobbled together thing. And I think that's really poetic and metaphoric because we're looking at Evangelion now about 10 years after it was gone to us for a long time, after it's been redeveloped, Mm -hmm. right? In multiple ways. In multiple ways, right? With new movies, a new script for the original, new voice actors, changes to things that we held sacred. Yeah. Huh? Nah, that's fair. I like it. I like where this no, is going. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Honestly, and, and I think that... Uh, that's how I feel it, about it. I think yeah. everything else is destroyed in the next couple episodes, but that's that's where <laughs> I'm going to end in this one. No, but, yeah, but I, I think that that feeds in well to some of the other things about instrumentality. I mean, when we get to that, you know, I can... Talk about that some more, but honestly, I think that's you know what you've yeah what you've outlined there is a good uh, a good uh, foundation that is not undone by the uh, the madness that follows. <laughs> James, I think that was beautiful and poignant, and I think it's relevant to what we're talking about. I don't think Ano gave a crap about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely don't think Hideki Ano gave a crap about I'm it. Probably not. Probably not. But also, like, I don't think that matters. Does it? Yeah, that's, no, 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 no. To be fair, no, it doesn't. the best interpretations of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just so that we all know, um, for for this point to be solid, and I think it's an f- amazing point. Yeah. Uh, this was made in 1995. So 15 years ago, when we first tried to possess art, the, we encountered perfect art and tried to possess it. That would have been uh, 1980. And I, I will posit that it was the movie Nine to Five with <laughs> Dolly Parton. <laughs> with, yeah, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. I would maybe say that maybe the first original... Daphne uh, Coleman was also in there. I, I would say I maybe the first original interpretation of art is uh, religious, possibly? No, with the, and well, we're falling yes, into all the religious I think if you look at the film the, Nine to Five, <laughs> you will find a lot of religious... Iconography. I, I think that no. I think Anna one hundred percent had an axe to grind with a lot of uh, uh, religious beliefs, and unfortunately, I I wish he had some critiques on capitalism, but I think most of his critiques were really on imperialism. But like, I think that as far as like that, again, I really like that that idea, and it has a lot. It has a lot going for it. And I like that interpretation far more than I think anything the director actually brought to the table. Nice. Um, <laughs> like not to keep throwing him under the bus. I I, I don't oh, mean to do we that. We could stop then. All right. <laughs> so at this point, we could. Uh, I don't know if there's some last minute things that we want to bring up that we have not yet touched upon. Let's do a quick round table. Uh, um, I guess I'll bring up like, so the solo rays get killed. Um, does this mean this is the last one? This is the only one we got to work with? I think so. Yeah, finally. Uh, Can't I, they make more? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Do they have backups? 
Uh, also, um, they're not supposed to. So. The yeah. laughing rays I found weirdly hilarious. Yeah. As they laughed and fell apart, I don't know what part of me is Michelle-like. <laughs> that there's just, I was like, <laughs> also, we want to do this inquiry in a dignified manner, and she's naked before them. <laughs> you, I have, like, yeah, that was weird. I have an odd thing. Yeah. All of the dream, and this might be different in your versions, because like I said, there was some director's cut. All hmm. of the dream sequence versions and all other times people have appeared in some sort of nudity in this show, there have been no nipples. The yep. rays in the tank had nipples. They did. Huh. I, don't, I don't know why, uh, huh. but they did. It's, maybe it's like opposite of belly buttons, you know? Yeah. You know how like if you were a clone, you wouldn't have a belly button. So maybe in this well, so universe, if you're a clone, you actually have nipples. <laughs> I think it, I, I'm wondering if it's maybe <laughs> metaphorical uh, in the sense mm. that the rays and the other people are, are, are censored in some way because the other people and stuff are people? like actual realized people. And, and these are kind of being she's just de- a thing. Right, determined as objects yeah, they because do, they're. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Actually. Right. But, like, they do that's say that as far she as she doesn't have a soul until they imbue her with one. Like, which I guess is somehow involved with the giant brain thing that's hanging mm. out in there. And like, I also like re- the fact that there's a vat of soulless little girls in this <laughs> in this mich- in this thing with nipples. And yeah. they, but it's yeah. really weird. Like, I, like I had something Ray, else to say, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> Ray comes back with memories from when she died. It's not like they grabbed the Ray. They laughed. And like, that was it. and it's not like they grabbed the Ray and like there must somehow, be like some sort that connects them all somehow. Yeah, is it the giant brain machine? I guess Maybe. that's what it is. Or is it there just are the soul? Of times we've seen her previously where she's just hanging out in a tube that supposedly has something to do with, uh, you know, with the uh, uh, instrumentality thing. You know, there are a few times that she's just been floating. You know, floating there while Gendo is just sort of staring at her. So I'm assuming there's something going on there with like consciousness transfer or programming or whatever. Uh-huh. Something actually extremely fascinating about Evangelion, um, and I think this is my last thing, is that the soul, at least in this latter part of the series, is accepted as fact, right? Uh, right. Oh, keep yeah. in mind here that a lot of, you know, things that go into amateur philosophy, like that's that's the easy thing to hit, right? It's mm-hmm. like... Does man have a soul, right? What is the soul? But, uh, you know, from the episode where Shinji's, you know, broken down into the tube pod gel, um, you only know. Only his soul is left exactly, in the Exactly, only his soul is left, but his soul is considered like a scientific thing. Like, his soul is physically there. Somehow they can, we quantify somehow, it. Yeah. Somehow it can be physically quantified and it can be put back together. And it's the same thing here with Ray, which is just... I just always find an interesting take on Evangelion for something that tries to wax philosophical about religion and all these other things that it it never, because of, maybe because of instrumentality or because of the places we go next, it can never question the idea of the soul as being something that is maybe non-existent. Right. And I think maybe to, to, to wrap this up and bring it back to the Netflix versions, there are many interpretations of this show that go beyond teenagers fighting monsters yep. and they go into what the the what the nature of humanity is what it means to be a human being in fact mm. even to the whether it's wrong i'm putting air quotes on that to have a bunch of cloned backup meat suits for your warrior girl if it's the only way for humanity to survive and if she's mm. arguably willing um that is uh, an interesting question that comes up, but the nature of who you really are, what makes you you? Is it you, your soul? Is it your spirit? Is it your mind? Mm-hmm. Or is it the meat you were born in? Is something that comes up a lot in this show will come up more so, I think, as we wrap up and eventually be a major point of contention with the Netflix version. Mm. So uh, I'm excited to get there with you folks. We have, I think, one more episode. We have three more episodes, and then we get to the movie after that, yeah. Yeah, maybe one more episode of the podcast, maybe two, maybe three. Hey, if you enjoy this, let us know. Uh, Leave us feedback on Facebook or Twitter or the social media platform of your choice, or leave a couple comments in the the post you're listening to right now. Um, Like, follow, and subscribe, and do all that cool stuff. We're going to be wrapping this up relatively shortly and oh my goodness, am I ready? Nervous. I'm <laughs> so nervous about this. Yeah, I'm too. Before I, I segue out, and anybody else have something that they wanted to throw in there? One of the things that I think I um, sort of skated over in one of the, the sections of weaving a story when Shinji is absorbed into the LCL and he's having all those weird flashbacks and emotions and so on. It's interesting because as part of that, we talk about 
Shinji's idea of purpose and identity, um, briefly. And at this point in his life, piloting the Eva is his purpose and his identity. There really isn't anything else to him at that point. So as we're going ahead with that, we're kind of starting from that point where we're trying to like break Shinji back down from having reached a point of conditioning himself to say, yep, I'm a weapon. That's it. That's who I am. As we watch everyone else sort of crumble in these episodes, Shinji is still sort of in that in that space of believing, yep, that's my purpose. I am the thing my dad made me or wanted to make me. Yes. Michelle, do you have anything? I will say that after this discussion, I'm slightly less confused. And that's half the reason I was here. Yeah, I, that's, that's half the reason Thanks, why guys. we do this as a late to the party. It's got to be a party. We gotta, you need to. It's got to be a communal thing. We all have to share with each other, share the pain, share the joy, and you know, get this thing, get this thing processed. Yeah, don't don't worry, Michelle. We were all confused when we watched this for the first time, and oh, we, I'm still we, confused. We, yeah, we've and we've yeah, tried. Everyone's and, told me it was normal. Oh. <laughs> it's just part of growing up. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Things start changing. Your body doesn't understand. <laughs> Did we like mention? Oscar. I was about to say, did we mention that this series touches on young adolescence? Yeah. Once again, Hideki Anno, the master of the awkward male-female dynamic. Mm. Mm -hmm. We'll find out more in the next few episodes. Oh, we will. (laughs) This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.